All right, you guys, welcome back to another video. This is Chakra Exclusives. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because we got a lot of things that we got to talk about tonight. Um, our main story of tonight is we're going to be talking about Megan Thee Stallion exposing why her and Kelsey had a beef. So if you guys don't know, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you've heard. But uh, just to give you guys a Cliff Notes version, um, last year when Megan Thee Stallion got shot, she fell out with Tori and she fell out with Kelsey. And a lot of people was wondering, like, why is Megan Thee Stallion falling out with everybody? Um, is it because they both were fucking Tory Lanes? Like, we still didn't have a clear understanding of what transpired that night, what happened the night before, and what happened the following few days. So we're going to be talking about this in great detail. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the latest information on Megan Thee Stallion. So give me one second to pull that up real quick. All right, so let me share this article real quick. All right, let me know if you guys can see this. It should be on the screen now. All right, so Megan Thee Stallion recently did an interview with Rolling Stone, and she's saying that she wants Tory Lane to be under the jail, not just to go to jail, but she wants Tory Lane to go under the jail. So this is a new interview that she did on Wednesday. The rap star named Megan Pete said that she felt attacked about all of the speculation about her relationship with Lanes, whom she said they first connected with over the death of their mothers. So this is classic trauma bonding. They bonded off, you know, losing their mothers. And, and so it's very interesting that their relationship ended the way it did. So you have to be very mindful about trauma bonding, right? Um, she said, I thought we had a real connection. I thought he knew me and I never thought he would have shot me at all. I never put hands on this man. I never did anything to him. There was an argument. People argue every day. Friends argue every day. And she also said, I feel like you already tried to break me enough. You've already shot me. So why are you dragging it out like this? Like, what else? Have you hated me this much the whole time and I didn't see it? I want him to go to jail. I want him to go under the jail. So the trial for, for this is getting very messy. I saw DJ Academics post something about this earlier. Um, so what I'm going to show y'all is I'm going to show you guys the latest what's happening with the trial because um, there was an update that came out earlier today about the Megan Thee Stallion shooting case. All right, give me one second. Let me make this full screen. All right, so it says here, let me actually take this off just for one second so y'all can see this article. Um, this off. So it says here that the legal battle between Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane stemming from her accusation that Lane shot her in a feed in summer of 2020 continues. Lane's real name, Daystar Peterson, is still facing charges of felony assault 
and for carrying an unregistered firearm, which he has adamantly denied for the past year. He pleaded not guilty to the charges, and things got even messier during a pretrial hearing in February when both Megan and Lanes took to social media to exchange allegations. With Megan sharing texts, she claimed proved Lanes is guilty. In court on Tuesday, Lanes was handcuffed and taken into custody after a judge ruled that his tweets about Megan violated court orders prohibiting him from contacting or mentioning her. The trial date is currently scheduled for September 14th, but until then, let's run down how we got here in the first place. So in July 2020, Megan was seen getting in the car, in a police car with bloody feet, supposedly injuries sustained from broken glass, and was taken to the hospital. Reports initially suggested that she had been arrested after a night of partying for, with friends, but it was later reported that Lanes, who was also in the car, was arrested for possession of an unregistered firearm. It wasn't until a few days later that Megan publicly claimed in a since-deleted Instagram post that she had suffered gunshot wounds to her feet as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. At the time, she did not specify who shot her. During an Instagram Live in August, Megan claimed that Lanes had shot her, though she reportedly did not initially tell police that she had been shot. She explained that in the moment she hadn't trusted the police to protect her. Why the fuck would I tell the police that somebody got a gun in this car and this Negro just shot me? So I can get shot, so you can get shot, she can get shot, and he can get shot. So following her public accusation, Lanes continued to deny the allegations. He cast doubts on whether or not she had been shot in the first place despite the fact that her medical records reportedly indicate that she was and reportedly floated the idea that even if she was shot, she couldn't have seen who was shooting if she had been walking away from the car at the time of her injuries. So Lanes was officially charged on October 8th with one count of assault with a semi-automatic firearm and one count of carrying an unregistered weapon. According to the charges, he, Megan, and two other individuals were driving in Hollywood Hills when an argument broke out. Eventually, the car stopped and Megan got out, which is when Lanes allegedly fired shots at her feet several times. Tory Lanes has been trying to get the case dismissed ever since the charges were filed against him, but the charges were upheld by a Los Angeles County judge in December of 2021. And on February 23rd, his lawyers appeared in court for pretrial. But while the lawyers were arguing in court, things were getting very heated on social media. Continuing, before the court's proceedings began, podcaster DJ Academics alleged on Twitter that it was re revealed in court a few moments ago that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the weapon in the Megan Thee Stallion case. The tweet was quickly picked up by fans, but was also quickly debunked by Megan herself. She said, court ain't even started yet, so why are y'all already lying? Y'all got breaking news 15 minutes before court started and nobody's even been called in yet specifically calling out academics for spreading false narratives. This alleged DNA report was in fact brought up at the pretrial hearing, but the contents of the report were not, per Rolling Stone reporter Nancy Dillon. The report was merely mentioned as a part of Lane's defense, though what it actually says remains unconfirmed. So his lawyer said, we are in the process of actually retaining an expert with respect to DNA. It is our hope that we will be able to review and confirm the LAPB's analysis, which from our standpoint was favorable. Dylan added in a follow-up tweet that the discovery in the case is not publicly available. 
so reporters won't be able to see it. After being called out by Megan, DJ Academics deleted his original tweet, but he returned to social media following the hearing, repeating Lane's attorney's claim that the DNA results were very pleasing to Lane's. He added, I saw this doc myself. It literally says it was inconclusive in finding Tory DNA on the gun or magazine. Now, days after that, Megan Thee Stallion released some text messages um, showing that Tory Lanez was apologizing to her after their altercation. So you guys can see the text messages right here. Um, on Sunday, July 12th, he said, Meg, I know you're probably never going to talk to me again, but I genuinely want you to know I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart and I was just too drunk. Nonetheless, the shit should have never happened and I can't take it back. Lanez then appeared to respond on Twitter writing, good dick, had me fucking two best friends and I got caught. That's what I apologize for. It's sick how you spun it, though. Lane's previously used his defense in December. His attorney, Sean Howley, reportedly claimed that it was Megan and her former friend and assistant, Kelsey Nicole, who were fighting on the night of the shooting and suggested that Lane's fired the gun to protect Megan from Nicole. Both Nicole and Megan have denied this narrative. After Lane's tweet, Megan again took to her Instagram stories, writing in part, you keep putting out a narrative that me and my friend fell out about you, and that's not true. Why are you skipping over the shooting? You think it's okay to shoot me and then harass me online and make it like this was some weird cap fight? What the actual F is wrong with you? So this is what she posted. She said, fucking two best friends. Nigga, you shot me. You know that's what you were apologizing for. You kept putting out a narrative that me and my friend fell out about you, and that's not true. Because she definitely ain't do it, and I ain't shoot my damn self. So then shortly after that, on April 5th, Lanes was handcuffed in court, and his bail was increased to 350000 after the judge ruled that he violated his protective order against Megan by tweeting about her. The judge added a new condition to Lanes' release that he not mention the complaining witness in this case on any social media. He was then released from jail a few hours later after posting his bond. Now, on April 25th, Megan sat down for an interview with CBS Morning co-host Gail King that aired April 25th. She recounted that the argument started because I was ready to go and everybody else wasn't ready to go, calling it normal friend stuff. She insisted that she did not start any kind of physical altercation. She said, I never put my hands on, on anybody. I never raised my voice too loud. Like this is one of them times where it shouldn't have got that crazy. When things escalated, she claims... She got out the car and that's when the shooting started. So I get out the car and it's like everything happens so fast. And all I hear is this man screaming and he said, dance, bitch. And he started shooting. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like he shot a couple of times and I was so scared. Megan clarified that Lanes was standing up over the window shooting and said she was afraid to move too quickly to get away. I don't know if he's going to shoot about something that's like super important. I don't know if he could shoot me and kill me. Describing the physical shock of being shot, she said the adrenaline is pumping so hard. I'm not sure if he hit me. I feel it, but I don't understand what's happening. So I look down at my feet and I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm really bleeding. Megan again denied Lane's claims that the two had a sexual relationship prior to the incident, telling King that they were close friends who bonded over the deaths of their mothers. Megan claimed Lane's apologized to her and Nicole offering them both a million dollars in exchange for their silence. Megan told King a third party contacted the police and she recalled her fear. 
upon seeing officers and helicopters at the scene. And this was right around the time of the George Floyd shooting. And so after that, she continued to open about the shooting in a June profile with Rolling Stone. In the interview, she revealed that the night of the shooting, she had surgery to remove bullet fragments in her feet and was in the hospital for four days before going home with two injured feet incapable of walking. The rapper is now able to walk again thanks to physical therapy, but she still has nightmares about the shooting. All I know from that day on, Kelsey Nicole never said anything else about the whole situation online. So now Megan is saying that she wants Tori to go to jail for this. The trial is set to begin September 14th. And if convicted, Lance could face up to 22 years in prison. So this is very, very serious. Now, I remember a lot of people reacting to the Megan Thee Stallion interview, saying that she was lying about not fucking Tory Lanez. Um, whether or not she was or not, it's irrelevant. You know, at the end of the day, nobody should have been shot that night. You know what I'm saying? Megan Thee Stallion didn't deserve to be shot. And even though she had to change her story, I mean, the evidence to me is overwhelming. If the Los Angeles County Court is deciding to bring this case. It's not Megan Thee Stallion and her lawyers bringing this case. It is the state of California that is bringing this case. And so I feel like from day one, it was always very suspect to me that Kelsey was being so quiet. Kelsey never had anything to say. Like, how do you go from being best friends with somebody one night to the next day doing a diss track about them and, you know, not even speaking up on their defense? So I always thought it was real shady. And so now Megan Thee Stallion is revealing that um, Kelsey was paid off, allegedly. So let me see if I can find the Instagram post from earlier today. Uh, let's see. All right. So, yeah. So this Rolling Stone cover came out today and a lot of people were saying, that, oh, this was a subliminal post towards Kelsey. And uh, she captioned it. She said, I will never break. And I'm damn sure never backing down. God's favorite, a.k.a. the it girl, a.k.a. the hot girl coach, a.k.a. the motherfucking H-Town hottie on the cover of Rolling magazine. And it looks like Kelsey Nicole also made a post yesterday with a very similar caption that said, She's the real definition of never breaking. And so I just found it funny that Kelsey all of a sudden wants to post subliminals. She wants to post little photos and throw shots at Megan. But I remember Kelsey dropping a whole diss track against Megan just for clout. And so am I surprised that she probably took the hush, the hush money? No, because Kelsey always was probably envious of Megan. She was just the best friend. And she got a little bit of taste of fame being around Megan Thee Stallion. And that's why she was moving the way she was moving when this happened. Kelsey never spoke out on Megan's behalf. And she just moved like a snake to me the whole time. So, yeah, this is very interesting. Um, and like I said, I, I can't wait to see where else this goes. But I definitely think Tory Lanez needs to do some time for that. Um, and so, you know, people are laughing at Kelsey posing for a regular shoot while Meg Megan's on a cover. You know, she definitely is hating on Megan really bad. She just wants to be involved. And um, we only know you, Kelsey, because of Megan. So don't forget that. But it just goes to show you that you have to be very careful and mindful who your friends are. Because you can call somebody your friend. But until some shit really goes down, like life or death, 
then you don't really know how that person is going to act. And so I think Megan Thee Stallion just made a classic mistake of trusting the wrong people. And um, you just have to be very careful who you are associating with, especially when you're drinking, doing drugs, hanging out with people in Hollywood. People will turn on you very, very, very fast. So that's the update with uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Kelsey. Now I want to talk about the Monique situation. So this is very, very interesting to me. So a lot of people been talking shit about Monique over the past week or so, talking about even Monique's sister and her brother has been dragging her and trying to say, oh, Monique is crazy. Monique is losing her mind. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But today it was announced that Monique and Netflix agreed to dismiss the comedian's 2020 discrimination lawsuit against the streaming platform. So let me actually pull up a more detailed article about it. Because a lot of people were saying Monique was crazy. So if Monique was crazy, why did they settle with Monique and give her a nice check? I'm sure Netflix gave Monique a nice check. Okay. They had to give her a couple mil. So um, let me pull up this other article real quick. All right. So this is the article right here. It says um, Monique. And Netflix had reportedly settled her lawsuit that accused the streaming service of racial and sexual discrimination for allegedly making her a lowball offer for a proposed comedy special. The matter has been, quote, amicably resolved. Michael Parks, an attorney representing Monique in the suit, told The Hollywood Reporter. The terms of the settlement between the streaming giant and the comedian Oscar winning actress weren't disclosed Wednesday when they jointly filed in a Los Angeles federal court for the case dismissal. Netflix did not respond to a request for comment, and the law firm representing the company did not also issue a statement either. Monique's lawsuit said Netflix officials warmly praised her work before they offered her $500,000 in 2018 for a comedy special and refused to negotiate further. Her suit said that that reflected a company tendency to underpay Black women. In contrast, the suit claimed... Netflix was willing to negotiate with other comics and made deals reportedly worth tens of millions of dollars for comedy specials from Chris Rock, Ellen DeGeneres, Dave Chappelle, and Ricky Gervais. Netflix denied the main allegations of the suit, and they say they care deeply about inclusion, equity, and diversity, and take any accusations of discrimination very seriously. We believe our opening offer to Monique was fair, which is why we will be fighting this lawsuit. So what happened, Netflix? Because Netflix was saying, you know, we we don't discriminate over here. They were saying Monique got what she deserved, according to the numbers that they said she should bring in. So for all the people out there like WAC 100 and D.L. Hughley and Charlemagne the God and all the people that had an opinion about this woman saying she needs to be paid more. I wonder what they have to say right now, because even Netflix had to go back on their own words when they said they will fight this lawsuit and that they didn't do anything wrong. So if you didn't do anything wrong, why are you settling with this woman out of court instead of fighting the lawsuit and making her pay for your legal fees? So Monique said that I had a choice to make. I could accept what I felt was pay discrimination or I could stand up for those who came before me and those who will come after me. And I chose to stand up. So shout out to Monique. Shout out to Monique for getting her back. I'm not mad at Monique at all. She she was right. And the courts agreed with her 
and even Netflix had to submit to her line of questioning. Even, even Netflix had to say, look, Monique, let's just settle, settle this out of court. This is getting very messy. We don't want to open up the books too much. So we're going to go ahead and give you a nice settlement. So I want to know how much money do y'all think they gave Monique? I think they gave her a couple million. I think if her offer was 500,000, Monique definitely just got a couple million. So shout out to Monique. Monique is winning out here. Now, I don't agree with her bringing up, you know, D.L. Hughley's daughter being molested or anything like that. But in this situation, Monique was definitely in the right. And she definitely deserves her flowers, man. So y'all need to stop hating on black women and just give them their credit and pay them what they're worth. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. So now we got to talk about black China. So <laughs> black China. Oh, my goodness. So black China is once again in the news because. She has to pay about three hundred and ninety thousand dollars and legal fees. So let's go ahead and pull this up right here. So it says here, the Kardashian-Jenner family petitions for Black China to pay more than $390,000 to cover their legal fees. So if you guys remember, Black China brought a, a bullshit lawsuit against the Kardashians a couple months ago, and she tried to blame the Kardashians and say the Kardashians are responsible for her losing her show because she broke up with Rob. And it was a really messy back and forth. We learned a lot about how crazy Black China is. We learned that Black China tried to choke Rob Kardashian out with an iPhone charger. We know that she put a gun to his head and said she would kill him. So we learned that Black China is really crazy behind the scenes. And so that lawsuit that she brought, it costs a lot of money as far as litigation is concerned on both ends. So her and Tokyo Tourney were going back and forth to court. They even had to put Tokyo Tony out of court one morning because Tokyo Tony was in there being messy, telling all the details. And eventually the case got dismissed. So Black China is being asked to pay the Kardashian-Jenner family over $390,000 in legal fees after losing the defamation case against them last month. They're saying that it cost them almost $400,000. And this is the legal team of Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. Now, this is a petition that they have made and is obtained by People magazine. And it shows the grand sum of all the legal fees, including jury fees, deposition costs, models, enlargement, photocopies of exhibits and more. In a statement to People, Black China's attorney, Lynn Ciani, said of the petition, Chris Jenner's attempt to financially ruin Angela White, the mother of her granddaughter, Jean Kardashian, will not work. Under California law, costs are awarded to defendants only when they are without fault. In this case, a Los Angeles jury reached a verdict that defendant Chris Jenner falsely claimed that China beat the ish out of Rob's face and that defendant Kylie Jenner falsely claimed that China would proceed with using and physically abusing my brother. So the same Los Angeles jury reached a verdict that defendants Chris Jenner Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, and Kylie Jenner did not act reasonably and in good faith to protect their own economic interests in the Rob and Black China show. Quoting again what her lawyer said, Angela's wife's objectives in the litigation were to prove that Chris and Kylie Jenner's statements were false and that all four defendants did not act reasonably and in good faith regarding season two of Rob and China. Because Ms. White achieved these litigation objectives, 
defendants cannot be considered prevailing parties under California law, and they cannot recover their exorbitant litigation costs of 391000 So that is what her lawyer said. So this is very interesting. So the lawyer saying that even though Black China lost the case, uh, she technically proved that she was defamed, even though the case got dismissed. So I don't know. What do y'all think about this? Do y'all think Black China should have to pay those legal fees? Or do y'all think um, the Kardashians are just trying to punish Black China at this point? So now, um, according to a recent motion, after she sued Chris, Kim, Chloe, and Kylie for intentional interference with her contract at E, Kim was eventually dropped from the suit before a jury found the Kardashian family not guilty of defaming China in May. No monetary damages were awarded to the model. Following the ruling, China's lawyer says she planned to appeal the decision. The jury found that China had not physically abused Rob Kardashian, and she added that the jury found that all four defendants had intentionally interfered with her contract at the E! Network and that they would appeal on the remaining questions. And also, um, Black China's mom recently started to go fund me. So let me see if I can pull that up real quick. All right. Yep, here it is right here. So Tokyo Tony launched a GoFundMe asking for $400,000, ironically, which is close to the exact amount of legal fees that the Kardashians had to pay to defend themselves in this case. And I just think it's a bad look. Like, Tokyo Tony don't need to be starting no GoFundMes until she get her teeth fixed, respectfully. And um, there, here's a link to the GoFundMe. I want to see how much money the GoFundMe has made. So, Wow. So you're telling me that after all of this time, Tokyo Tony was only able to gather $1,355? This is such a damn shame. How did you only raise $1,300, Tokyo Tony? Damn. This is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. And look at the picture that she took. <laughs> she Out of 108 donations, y'all only got $1,000? So this is sad. So now we see why um, Black China is boxing. If you guys saw recently, Black China was in a boxing match. Um, so Black China is going to do whatever she has to do to make it. Whether she has to sell skin bleaching cream, whether she has to box, whether she has to do OnlyFans, whether she has to play basketball, whatever Black China has to do, she is going to do it. And that's why she fucked up. She fucked up when she tried to sue the Kardashians, when she know that she was acting a damn fool, you know, fighting people, pulling out guns, choking people, just all kind of shit. So she really thought that suing the Kardashians was going to be her ticket to a bag. And now she's another $400,000 in the hole. And now she's claiming she's going to appeal. So good luck with that, Black China. Um, I definitely think that Black China just ain't got it. So if the Kardashians are asking for that $400,000, they are entitled to that, in my opinion. But we'll see what the court says. We'll see what the courts have to say about that. But I want to know what you guys think. Do you guys think Black China should have to pay the Kardashians legal fees? Or do you guys think 
they're just trying to bankrupt this woman at this point because she wouldn't be in this situation if she wouldn't have brought a bullshit lawsuit in the first place. You know, let's keep that real. She was looking for a bag and she was like, shit, the Kardashians, should I get about a hundred million out of them for defamation? And so she probably forked up over a few hundred thousand dollars thinking that she would get some millions in the end, but it backfired. So you have to be very mindful of when you're bringing a lawsuit and you don't have all your facts together. You never know what could come out in court, especially when you're suing somebody like the Kardashians. They probably have access to the best lawyers somebody can get in this country. Like the Kardashians got that long, long money. So I don't know what drugs Black China was on. I don't understand why she thought this was a good idea. But now she's really put herself in a hole to the tune of $400,000. So at this point, Black China, you just got to pay up. All right, you got to pay up. It's time for you to pay up. Now we got to also talk about uh, one more story. We got to talk about Kim Kardashian is being dragged all over social media right now because um, according to recent reports and according to the family of Marilyn Monroe, um, the dress that she wore, um, she took some of the diamonds out of the dress, allegedly. So let me see if I can find that post real quick. Let's see. Matter of fact, let me just Google it. It's probably on the it's neighborhood talk, I think. Yeah, I think it's on the neighborhood talk, not the shade room. So let's go ahead and share this real quick. Peace to hood conservative. Peace to living life to the fullest. I see y'all in the chat. Thanks for coming through tonight on this this late night show. I don't know why I can't find it. I just saw it on Instagram earlier. All right, so I'm gonna just Google it at this point because I can't find it. But um, Kim Kardashian, Marilyn Monroe's family is not happy with Kim Kardashian, and this is really major news because Kim Kardashian was really doing the most when she wore, you know, that Marilyn Monroe dress. And so there's conflicting stories. So one story saying that it's permanently altered, and then another person saying the dress was already damaged before Kim Kardashian wore it. So which one? is it so her family is accusing her of ruining the dress not just damaging it but completely ruining the dress and uh this is the dress that she wore at the met gala this was i think last month or so and it says here that chad michael morris said a visual artist who curates museum and costume exhibit says he observed irreparable damage to the dress when he saw it on display at ripley's believe it or not on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles. Morissette says he previously handled the dress in 2016 when he displayed it for Julian's auctions where Ripley's purchased it for $4.8 million. As a result of Kim Kardashian wearing the dress up the Met Gala steps, Morissette says the garment now has a damaged zipper, shredded fabric by its hooks, stress on its shoulder straps, and its missing beads and sequins. Pictures of the dress on Sunday, which he shared with Monroe memorabilia collector Scott Fortner, 
who reposted them on Instagram to compare how the dress looked before Kim Kardashian actually wore it. So let's see if we can pull that up real quick. All right, so this is the before of the dress, and this is after. And so they are very, very upset. They are saying that great care was taken to preserve this piece of pop culture history. No alterations were to be made to the dress, and Kim even changed into a replica after the red carpet. We basically had many conversations with Kim and her team and put a lot of requirements in place with security and handling of the dress. The dress was never with Kim alone. We always ensured that at any time we felt that the dress was in danger of ripping or we felt uncomfortable about anything. We always had the ability to, to be able to say we were not going to continue with this. And so, yeah, people are dragging um, Kim Kardashian for this. But I mean, if you really think about it, Marilyn Monroe was a very petite woman. Like, let me see if I get a picture of Marilyn Monroe real quick. Mary, Marilyn Monroe was very petite. And Kim Kardashian has had a Brazilian butt lift. I mean, she's had all kinds of surgeries. So there is no way that she could have fit that dress anyway. I don't understand why they was trying to fit Kim Kardashian in a dress that was worn by a woman that's like half her size 50 years ago. So if you look at this, look at Kim Kardashian's shape, look at her boobs, and then look at Marilyn Monroe's shape. Marilyn Monroe didn't have a lot back there. I'm just saying she didn't have a whole lot back there she didn't have a fake booty she didn't have fake silicone boobs she didn't have none of that going on so this is definitely a bad look for the kardashians um so i would definitely be interested to see how much more backlash the kardashians are going to get of course the kardashians are going to claim the dress was already damaged before they rocked it but nah kim kardashian was just doing too much i think she said she had been lost 20 pounds in like a month just so she could fit in this dress so this is the perfect example of doing too much vanity and ruining a classic by an icon. So shout out to Marilyn Monroe's um, team and her estate for protecting her legacy. But they should have never signed off on this in the first place. So I definitely want to know what y'all think about that. What do y'all think about um, Marilyn Monroe's estate coming out and pretty much slamming Kim Kardashian for fucking up the iconic Marilyn Monroe dress? All right, now we got to talk about another story. So now we need to talk about, let me see. Now I want to talk about what Little Boosie said. Um, so let me pull up this post by Little Boosie, which I, I 100 million percent agree with. So Boosie said, you send a billion dollars to the Ukraine, but you can't spend a hundred million dollars for snipers to be put in our schools to protect our kids. It is a sad ass world that we live in. And, and so apparently today, Joe Biden, they sent another billion dollars to the Ukraine. Y'all, I know you fucking lying. I know y'all lying. Y'all not, they not lying. They just, so they already sent $40 billion. I want to say last month. And so you're telling me that they just sent another billion dollars to the Ukraine for military aid, but we got baby formula shortages. We got gas prices at an all time high. We got shortages of olive oil coming down the pipeline. We got the price of chicken and beef and everything going up. And we just steady just throwing billions and billions and billions at a war that we're not even involved in. 
So it says here the Biden administration announced on Wednesday it was providing an additional billion dollars in military aid to the Ukraine to fight Russia, a package that includes shipments of additional ammunition and coastal defense systems. U.S. President Joe Biden spoke by phone with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Wednesday ahead of the announcement, which the Pentagon said included providing the Ukraine with 18 howitzers, 36,000 rounds of howitzer ammunition, and two Harpoon coastal defense systems. And yeah, so they just sent them another billion dollars. All right. So this is insane, you know. And I'm not saying that we don't need to help the Ukraine. I think we should help. I think we should try to do whatever we can. But when Americans are suffering, when we can't even go to the gas station and not have to spend $50 to go to the corner or to drive to work, why can't we get a stimulus for Americans? Why can't we get a bill that's that's going to, um, hold on. Why can't we get a bill to bring gas down? Why can't we get a billion dollars to open up a new factory for baby formula or something? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like the priorities of Joe Biden are so obvious. It's so obvious that he is not putting America first. It is obvious that, you know, that there's more money in war than anything else. And so this is never going to stop. And this is why inflation is so high, because you know, people are, are going to continue to send money to the Ukraine and we're spending money that we don't have. All right. Now, let's talk about Herschel Walker for a second. So Herschel Walker is having a very bad week. He's been exposed, right, for being an absentee father. So Herschel Walker is a Republican nominee and he's running against Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. All right. So first, a report came out from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that said Herschel Walker claimed to be in law enforcement when he wasn't. Walker's campaign said he majored in criminal justice during his time at the University of Georgia and was an honorary deputy in Cobb County, along with three other Georgia counties. They did not specify which ones. The Cobb County Police Department said they have no record of involvement with Walker and the Cobb Sheriff's Office could not immediately say if he was an honorary deputy or not. And Walker said this all the way back in 2019. He said, I worked for law enforcement. Y'all didn't know that either. I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent. As for comment by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Walker's office provided associated press stories from 1989 that suggest Walker spent a week at Quantico as he was retiring from pro football they had an obstacle course and you shoot at targets to protect your partner as you advance up the course. He told AP at the time, I had fun. There were about 200 recruits there. So spending a week at Quantico is not the same as training to be an FBI agent. As the Atlanta Journal-Constitution notes, special agent training requires a minimum of 20 weeks at Quantico. Then, so on top of all of this, he's been exposed for not being an FBI agent. He's been exposed for not being a police officer. And on top of that, on Tuesday, the Walker campaign confirmed a Daily Beast report that he has a second son with a woman who was not his wife. Walker was ordered to pay child support starting in 2014, according to the report. 
And he also has another son, Christian, about whom he speaks frequently on the campaign trail. Walker is noted for publicly criticizing absentee fathers. This is something that he does. He he's a Republican, you know, and, and you know, this is where politics gets really tricky, right? Because if he's running as a Republican, he has to cater to some of the stereotypes that conservative media personalities like to make about black families. And one of those stereotypes is that black men are absentee fathers. So he was running his mouth you know, saying all of this stuff about how black men aren't there for their sons and for their families and stuff like that. Meanwhile, he got a side baby and he's paying child support and he's not even involved in that child's life. So he lied about being an FBI agent, lied about being an honorary deputy, and he lied to the people or did not disclose that he has a son out of wedlock. And so he says, I want to apologize to the African-American community because the fatherless home is a major, major problem. Walker told conservative activist Charlie Kirk in a 2020 interview. In another interview that year with conservative media personalities, Diamond and Silk, Walker said that men who have a child with a woman, even if you have to leave that woman, you don't leave the child. So now his campaign manager, Scott Paradise, is telling CNN Herschel had a child years ago when he wasn't married. He supported the child and continues to do so He's proud of his children to suggest that Herschel is hiding the child because he hasn't used him in his political campaign is offensive and absurd. In his statement, Walker's campaign also raised the issue of Warnock's child support dispute with his ex-wife, who was suing to change the conditions of Warnock's payments. For Walker, these two stories are only the latest in a series of controversies he has faced since winning the Georgia Republican Senate nomination last month. Days after the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas, Walker was asked about whether the tragedy had changed his mind on gun and gun control. This is how he responded. He said, Cain killed Abel, and that's a problem that we have. First of all, why are we still telling Bible stories like they're literal historical events? You know, that's the number one problem, I guess, with certain conservatives is that they try to literalize these biblical narratives and then use them to appeal to people that are Christian conservatives. So that's where he messed up at. Well, don't even reference Cain and Abel. We're talking about people that actually lost their lives, real children, real human beings that died that day. Not a mythological story about viruses and proteins from the Bible. So what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, you talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at women that's looking at their social media? What about doing that? Looking into things like that, and we can stop it that way. But yet they just want to continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And I think that there's more things we need to look into. This has been happening for years. And the way we stop it is by putting money into the mental health field by putting money into other departments rather than departments that want to take away your rights. All right, so the question really is, how much does all of this matter anyway? Walker, after all, closer to the Republican Senate nomination, largely on the strength of his fame running as a running back for the University of Georgia, as well as an endorsement from former President Trump. So this is a bad look for him. Um, again, you gotta be very mindful of you know trying to just appeal to conservatives or just people in general because 
if you got demons in your closet, if you got a side baby in your closet, you know, make sure you got your shit together and disclose up front, you know, that type of information. So, yeah, he definitely messed up with that one. I don't think he's going to be able to recover from that now. He is already elected, but he's probably not going to be able to be reelected, in my opinion. So definitely let me know what y'all think about that. Um. Now, let me see what else did I want to talk about. Oh, Wendy Williams. So let's talk about Wendy real quick. Oops, what just happened? Okay, here we go. Let's talk about Wendy Williams. So Wendy Williams has been in the news for a whole lot of reasons and not too many good ones. But now it's been announced that the Wendy Williams show is officially done. All right, this is the last episode. And what's crazy is Wendy was just on Instagram not too long ago talking about how um, she's going to be back, that, you know, her and Sherry Shepard are going to have a conversation and that she's going to be back on her show. Now, they're saying that according to Variety, the final episode of the Wendy Williams show will air this Friday after being on the air for the past 13 seasons. As many of you know, Wendy Williams has been absent from her talk show since late last year, and guest hosts have been filling in for her ever since. While many folks were hoping to see Wendy during this latest episode, Variety reports that Wendy will not be present for the final show. However, the show will consist of a video montage as it celebrates the show's success after first debuting in 2008. All right. And so this is really crazy. Like, why do a final show? And not let Wendy say her goodbyes to her fans and her audience. Like, I just feel like there's something else going on here. I don't know if it's because Wendy is not well. I don't know if she's still sick. But I just feel like it's not a good look for them to do the last episode. And not even just invite her on to say her final goodbyes. Or just to summarize her last 13 seasons on the show. You know, I don't want to see a final episode of Wendy Williams. If Wendy Williams herself is not going to be there. So if Wendy Williams ain't there, then we don't care. And this is really foul how y'all been doing Wendy. You know, everything from Wells Fargo locking her out of her bank account to her show replacing her with Sherry Shepard temporarily saying it's only going to be temporary. Then now they're ending the show entirely, not giving her an outro, not giving her a final talk show with her fans. And now she doesn't even get to say goodbye. So this is really sad. Um, you know, I don't want to watch this if if the show is going to close out like this. Imagine your own show closing without you. Like, how does that work, bro? Like, how do you close the Wendy Williams show without having Wendy on her show? You know, Ellen got a whole farewell season. You know, they did like 10 episodes of, of Ellen's last season. So why y'all can't give Wendy Williams that same courtesy? So, yeah, this is very sad. Um, so let me know your thoughts on that. I would definitely want to know what y'all think. Do y'all think Wendy should be on her last episode? And what do y'all think the reason is? Why won't they at least let Wendy um, close out her her last show? That's the, that's the least they could do. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now we have another crazy story. So this is a very disturbing story. So parental discretion is advised for this one. So there's been this huge back and forth online um, with a rapper um, 
named Taquan Alexander. He's an aspiring rapper, and he's a nephew of L.A. Rams cornerback Troy Hill. And he is facing multiple charges of felony child abuse, torture, aggravated mayhem, and weapons charges following his arrest for allegedly beating his four-year-old daughter, Alani Watts. Says here that ER records show that the child suffered severe brain injuries that have caused an inability to open her eyes for months. In a shade room investigators exclusive, the child's mother is speaking out and we're also exploring the shocking details of Alexander's alleged abusive actions. The shade rooms justice investigates. So this is shocking. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know if I want to show this because I don't want to get in trouble. So I'll play a short, maybe a minute or so of this because I don't want to get flagged or anything. So check this out and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Accused of beating his four-year-old daughter so badly. Doctors found deep bruises and puncture wounds 
all over her body. Oh my God. Of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. So I'm not going to play this whole video, but if you guys want to go check that out, it is posted on the shade room. But this is very, very disturbing to me um, that you would put puncture wounds in your own daughter or that you would beat your own daughter so badly that they have to remove part of her skull just to stop the bleeding. And then he lied about it to his baby mom. You know what I'm saying? She didn't drop the child off. She didn't went about her day, you know, probably living her best life, thinking her daughter is safe with her child's father. And this dude is over here almost about to kill this child just because she wet the bed. And so it's very disturbing and it's very sad. And it just really speaks about how we do have issues in the black community when it comes to discipline because of our history of slavery. We think it's normal to to discipline our children with extreme measures. You know, this is a, a, a five-year-old girl. Like, this is not a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old. We're talking about a baby. And she got puncture wounds, bleeding in her brain, and it's just so sad. And so I am so glad that somebody, you know, investigated this, and I hope that he goes to jail. Now, I see T.I. is in the comment section on the shade room saying free smoke. How can you say free somebody that did something like this? Or, you know, I don't know if he's saying free that dude or if he's saying something else. But, yeah, this is crazy. You know, I really hope that the daughter pulls through. And I just I can't believe that somebody would do this to their own child. OK, but it just speaks to the times that we're in where people don't have natural affection anymore, even for children. So it's very, very sad. Um, now, my last story tonight that we're going to talk about is the WAC 100 and Big U situation. So recently, you know, Big U and WAC 100 been beefing and going back and forth. I did see WAC 100 apologize to him the other day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you guys what Big U had to say after WAC 100 um, apologized to him. And then we'll come back with the rest of my commentary. I didn't hold on, that's not the right video. Hold on. Let's see, I think this is the right one.
my family. He called me on my name. I ain't cool with nothing. I ain't cool with that DJ Mac shit. I ain't cool with that Dove Pete shit. I ain't cool with none of that. And that's all I got to say on that. And no nigga, I'm not fucking no nigga bitch right here. Come see me in my place. And that's all I'm saying today, man. All right, so y'all saw what Big U had to say. So that was in response to um, Wack 100. Wack 100 did an interview earlier and he says he never apologized to big you so that's really funny they've been going back and forth to a back and forth for a while uh so let me show you another video about this situation from nimac tv Wow. So y'all just saw that. All right. So y'all see there's a conflicting story. So Big U claimed Wack Wonder tried to apologize and he didn't want to accept it. And Wack 100 is like, hey, I didn't apologize to you, my neck. So stop clout chasing. So I definitely want to know what y'all think about that. Do y'all think he actually apologized to him? Because I wasn't able to find any audio or video of him apologizing. So I'm not sure why he's saying that he doesn't accept an apology that he hasn't got so that's wild now my last story tonight is we're going to talk about rapper troubles funeral um you guys don't know rapper trouble recently passed away hold on rapper trouble recently passed away after he got caught at a woman's house and her crazy ex came home with a key after the ex had just got kicked out a week earlier and he shot trouble in the chest and he died so uh, we will be reviewing some other trouble um, videos. He does have some some different documentaries and some different things that he put out way before he died. So I definitely want to pay homage to trouble. So just to give you guys a quick preview of the home going for trouble. Shout out to NIMAC TV once again for this uh, exclusive.
Wow. Oh, they did the they they did the damn thing for trouble. Y'all see this? They did they did it nice for trouble. Like let's look at the um the theme is red, of course, because he was allegedly a blood, but they they did it big. Like a little Boosie was there, Taraji. Is this Taraji? Now that is a really nice obituary. That is a really nice obituary. See, this is the type of funeral that Kevin Samuels should have had. I'm just saying. I know, you know, we shouldn't compare funerals and that's really vain, but I'm just saying that Kevin Samuels deserved to have a really nice homegoing service as well. And it's very unfortunate that he died, you know, not having insurance or whatever the situation was. He deserved to have a proper going away. Like the whole city of Atlanta should have came out for Kevin Samuels the same way that they did for trouble. So it's very sad and unfortunate that he's no longer with us, but he's still with us in spirit, you know. Um, but I'm glad that they they really went in on this obituary. They showed his children. Um, he said his son was his greatest inspiration. And um, I just really like this program and how they put it together. I just thought it was really well done. They put a lot of money into it. And think about how fast they put this program together. Like Trouble died, I want to say, around the 6th. And so within a week or in a week and some change, they put all of this together for dude. So with Kevin Samuels, I think it took them 16 days just to put together that funeral. Um, and Trouble, you know, wasn't even necessarily a high value man i mean he had a couple songs that came out you know 10 years ago but i'm just so happy that they did they did this home going right so shout out to atlanta for putting this together hold on oh yeah they, they look at all of these photos they got in here look at this this is nice this is so nice bro they got so many great photos of him and his family in this uh this funeral program. So they did an order of service. They had a prelude. They did miss you. They did some scriptures. They had a pastor come through. They had his brother, his sister, his uncle speak. They also had Boosie speak. They had acknowledgments. They had a eulogy. And yeah, it was really nice. Wow. Wow, look at that. Wow, look, man, they went in for trouble, bro. Look at this. It looks like kind of looks like um 
a red carpet kind of event that they have for him. Wow. Wow. And they got a picture of him and his kids right there, man. This is so nice. This is probably one of the best home goings that I think I've ever seen, honestly. They did. Wow. Oh, yeah, they did it big. Look at all of these people. Y'all see, hold on, y'all see all of these people there? It's packed. It's packed. It is so packed. Okay, and then this is the, the carriage right here. Wow. So, yeah, they did it big for Trouble Man. Shout out to whoever put that together. Um, now, we do have some more footage. I'm not going to play a whole lot. I'm going to just play a short clip. Hopefully, I don't get flagged for sharing this. But I really want to show y'all how how much Trouble was loved by the community. And this is a real impact. When you have a real impact on life, even if you die, you know, it'll be obvious to the world the impact that you had on people even when you're no longer with us so let me see if i can find a short clip of this so, Ooh, yeah y'all see this bro they they went ham at this funeral they got flowers everywhere see this is a type of funeral again i hate to keep bringing up kevin samuels because it's really not that serious and i don't want to disrespect kevin samuels rest in peace but why couldn't people go this hard for Kevin. Like Kevin Samuels had a huge impact too. You know what I'm saying? He didn't deserve that, that funeral that he had. You know, I feel like they could have just put more effort into it, but you see how everybody's dressed a certain way. Everybody's dressed so nice. Um, they have fans, friends and family come speak. Um, it's just so nice, man. It's just so nice. Um, and it's just reminded me of the funerals that I've been to. And then we have uh, Little Boosie was there, and I think Little Boosie uh, spoke a little bit. So let me see if I have access to that. Mm. all right y'all so hope you guys enjoyed this short video we covered a lot of topics today so go ahead and go ahead and leave a comment let me know your thoughts on trouble's funeral let me know your thoughts on monique settling with netflix let me know your thoughts on whack 100 and big U. 
And also let me know your thoughts on the Megan Thee Stallion situation. So thanks for tuning in and I will see you in my next video.